welcome back to Silly Breakfast. That is just Tyler and Maddie on the call today. How you doing, Tyler? I, I'm great. How about yourself? I, I'm doing good. I'm good. What you got today? So what I got is something that we're not going to touch on because we do not have our baseball expert today. Is I love the fight in Phil's right now. I don't know what it is. They play the most electric style of baseball, and it's been so much fun to watch. Just homer after homer. All the all the guys are just super amped up, and they might be. They were in high school my second favorite baseball team. I love Jimmy Rollins, um, and now when I watch, I, I'm super excited for them. And you know, to be honest, I'm the most into baseball in the month of October of any of the months. <clears throat> Oh and yeah, one, I mean playoff baseball is fun, and like a team like the Phillies right now, I've watched the games too. Like they're just they're just so fun. Like Nick, Nick Castellanos or however Castellanos or however you say his name, just beating the shit out of balls. Yeah, and Bryce Harper's super. Schwarber fun. hit one. Schwarber's Schwarber hit, hit hit him in consecutive games. They yep. just hit the piss out of the ball. Trey Turner's super fun, and I I, I just have zero kind of complaints about this playoff series and even though it was a 10 nothing game it was still entertaining it's more entertaining than most of the football games we've been watching this year yeah the nfl is not very good this year i will i i i it's been it's been one of the weaker seasons uh in my opinion which we'll get to in a little bit uh, and 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 on top of that i think that this type of thing excites me about baseball the the Red Sox are looking for a new gm and it looks like there's a strong chance that they get uh, they get Juan Soto and Juan Soto and them are openly flirting with each other. And how great would that be? Apparently he and Pedro are very close. Ooh, and Pedro like is still very close with the front office. And how great would it be to have a superstar in Boston again? Not named I would Raphael love that. Devers. I would love that. Yeah. That would take some pressure off like Devers and shit too, which would be nice. Yeah. And he's only like 24, 25. Yeah. He, he, he won a world series with Washington, right? Or is he, he not did, on the team yeah. yet? He, yeah, he yeah, was like thought, 22. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. And that was right after Harper left, right? Right after Harper left, yeah. They won the World Series? Yeah, that's wild. Well, that is wild. So my what you got... Well, first of all, I'm watching uh, the WNBA Finals right now. i got Aces and Liberty on. It's tied 11-11 right now. Aces are up 2-1 in the series, but they lost some serious players on their team, or they have some injuries on their team. And Liberty took care of business uh last game to not get swept but uh should be it should be a little matchup but my what you got is that texas a&m has gas and <laughs> let me let me talk about this so i found it tw- i would just i scroll a lot of twitter and i found an account called message board geniuses and they tweeted like a message board post from this guy john door 7890 and he this is what he said i'm gonna read the whole thing because it's funny Please don't. That was a very that was a very difficult loss for the Aggies. Not many people know this, but Texas A&M has hired a new nutrition coordinator and they utilize grains much more than protein. The theory is by eating more grains that the players will have more stamina. The problem Makes is sense. what they are ingesting causes gas and it is not typical everyday gas. This is Uh-oh. chronic and it leads to a lot of problems including fatigue. Several folks inside uh, with inside knowledge of the program have told me this, uh, th- that this is the real problem and players have complained about it. It is an intestinal issue and that type of gas is not normal. 
When you have players passing gas literally every play, that is a problem. I think you could tell in the fourth quarter that the Aggies were struggling. The training table and nutrition is vital to any team's success. So this guy has apparent inside knowledge that they're farting too much. Like they're just farting, farting up a storm on the field and it's making them struggle. Like if it, Texas A&M has, there's a lot of things wrong with them, including their coach, but I did not realize that farting was at the top. Yeah. You know, uh, I have a lot to say about this. And one of them is that I, I really think that, that it, it's gotta be super rare that a team is brought down by farts. Uh, and, and, in my in my opinion, you just kind of think about it, and it would be much more hard to play if you weren't actively farting every play. So those farts got to be super rancid if it is affecting their play on the field, right? You think it would be affecting the other team though if these guys just like fart up a storm in the pile? Like, uh, like maybe they're just like maybe that's like the running backs are like smelling the gas and just running away from them, so they're running through them like downfield. Uh, yeah, maybe really they're know. not hitting the hole. That yeah, they should yeah. be because it's just a, a brick wall. I, I, I do have kind of an anecdote about this is that I've been playing basketball with my high school basketball friends for many, many years. And uh, we typically have what we consider to be a mostly alumni run on Sunday nights at my high school. And I don't go every week. It's kind of far away, but I go as often as I can. And after the age of 30 and the, the run starts at five o'clock, you, you kind of broke into two categories. And it was the guys that, that were eating meals before they'd play basketball and the guys that would eat after. The guys that would eat before would just fart on the court and it would be active defense against. It was offense in an offensive way. You, they could yeah, just yeah. fart while you were guarding them and you'd be like, what the hell, man? It, it was rancid and so i can see how this could work for them and against them it seems as though they're all against each other yeah yeah it's just a wild thing so i you know you you gotta wonder if jimbo fisher is eating that diet too because he is just shitting himself on the field every single day (laughs) yeah he is just he is just a mess out there that he is he is as good as gone after this year because and they paid him a lot of money and they have like some of the most the biggest nil deals in college football and they suck do you think that they're lying about the amount of oil money that they have coming back into there just like johnny manziel did probably probably yeah you you can't trust those motherfuckers. Anyways, let's move into the NBA preview pod. So we were just going to do kind of like a full NBA preview pod. We're going to talk division winners, conference finals picks, finals picks, uh, a team to win a series that didn't win last year, a sleeper team to make the playoffs, and then we'll go through all the awards with our picks. So I'm just going to ask, do you, I can go first, Tyler, if it makes it easier uh, as I as I run through, then you can give me your picks. Um, or we can just go one at a time, like like for this uh, for the for let's start with the Eastern Conference, the Atlantic okay. Division. I am just going to pick the Celtics. I mean, I think they are the clear favorite in the Atlantic Division. I think the Sixers are the only team that can really put up a fight, and there seem to be a disaster with the whole Harden situation. Um, and Bede should get you around 50 wins, but I don't think that'll be enough because I think the Celtics will be hovering around that 54 to 56 win mark. And yeah, that's my thoughts. Do you have a, are you picking the Celtics as well? I would love to pick the Celtics. 
but everything that Missoula has said that's interested me also goes against them winning the division. I, I'm very tempted to take Brooklyn. I really love the defense that they play. I think that they got better in the offseason as well when they added Darius Baisley. They added Spencer Dinwiddie. And I, I really think that there's a, a, a very, very long shot candidate for most improved player and Harry Giles. If he can keep playing at that, at that quality, he's been out of the league for a long time. But, uh, you know, I hate you the did, you, just, you just listed a bunch of guys that can't even make a, a rotation in the NBA, and they got rid of their three best shooters. <laughs> so so I, I'm just saying I, I do think that they, they, can, they can make some noise. I, I think that the Celtics are going to really struggle because they're not – Missoula talked about how last season he was so dedicated to getting the number one seed that he lost sight of the playoffs and that he thinks that he could have done a lot – in terms of improving his improving the team for the playoffs and readying them for the playoffs as opposed to trying to win the division and get the number one overall seed. So I expect them to take the take their pressure off their foot off the gas a little bit. The 76ers with all the shit going on with Harden, I still think that they did improve their their roster quite a bit. You know, Ubre is going to be great off the bench for them. I really like Turquavians. He's a bucket. Turquavian yeah, Smith yeah, we're, we're a, both eye on him. Is a bucket. And him coming off from the bench, um, you know, I, I think Melton yeah, and Maxie having a more great. prominent role. Exactly. And and so even if they, they're going to get something back for Harden, it might not be much. But with the roster that they have and the people, it, Pat Bev is great. You know, he's he's still great. So Is he? Are we sure about that? He's, he still plays yeah, guy is not a bucket. He's like the opposite of a bucket. He's the opposite of a bucket, but you know, we're talking, they have enough shooting off the bench that we do not have. They lack everything that, that we have. They lack everything that we have in terms of defensive prowess on the, on the starting five, but we have nobody that can score like they can off the bench. Yeah, I mean, hopefully Peyton Pritchard can be that guy. All right, let's move to the next division. How about the Central? I'm, I, I'm not going to be bold here. You know, there's, 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 there's some good teams in this in, in this division, like you know, but I just, I think I'm just going to take Milwaukee Bucks because I think they got better. Um, you know, they have some elite players now, and. Um, with to play alongside Giannis with or elite an elite player <laughs> with uh yeah. you know a guy who's averaging like thirty two points a game last year when he was healthy in yeah. Dame Lillard and I just I I mean I I just don't really see anyone else kind of being able to hang with them in that division. Yeah, and it's it's the easy thing to do is is agree with you here, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, I think Cleveland is still very good. I think the Bulls didn't really. They're, get they're the only team that I can see taking the seed away. If, if like if Milwaukee has like a slump in the beginning, just like growing pains or whatever, then Cleveland has a good chance at that one seed. But I, 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 I I'll, we'll get further into it when we get to awards. But um, I, I think, I think they're going to be pretty dominant this year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I, th- I think that you're right there, and Detroit. Uh, still doesn't have enough, but they do enough to interest me in adding Joe Harris there. And 
also when they add one of the Thompson twins. And I, I really like seeing what Wiseman does with them with the second year. I don't think Wiseman's great, but it should be interesting to see what he does because he was such a highly touted prospect. And now he's getting a shot with a bunch of other highly touted prospects. So, Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right, let's move on to the Southeast, where I'm going to be taking the Atlanta Hawks. I am actually high on Quinn Snyder as a coach, and I think he's going to turn around this team, and I think they're going to be pretty competitive. I think they will be a top-four team in the Eastern Conference this year, and I think it's probably you know Celtics, Milwaukee, Cleveland, and Atlanta as my top four right now, and that's that that's my pick for the Southeast division. Yeah, and I'm going to go with the easy one here, and I'm just going to go with Miami. I, I, I don't think Miami got markedly worse. Um, I Every time that they lose one of these guys that went undrafted to a big contract, it always seems like a bigger loss than it is in actuality. They, they always seem to bounce back with just another guy that they've scraped off from some scrap heap, whether it be through the draft or, or elsewhere. Um and, and they got better. They got another guy that we bo- we both loved in Hami Hakez. And uh, and I, I just can't see them not being great. Um, and and that's just such a weak division as it is. So I agree yeah. with you, though. Quinn S- Snyder is a great coach. but I, I, I saw Quinn Snyder bit. getting out of a car at, at Vegas Summer League. And that guy is an intense look in his face. Like, he really just looks like that at all times. Yeah, and he's he's got some great little curls there, you know. Very oh, well great, great, curls. Great hair. Great hair. Yeah. yeah. And he has those uh, nice glasses now. I don't know if you've seen those. He has some pretty cool little glasses he has going on now. So he looks pretty cool. All right, let's move on to the Western. And in the Northwest, I think, no surprise, I'm just going to take who I think is the best team in the entire league, and that is Denver. Because their real only loss was Bruce Brown. And if you watch them in – Preseason so far, a guy like Julian Strother um, looks like he is going to be a player and make this make this uh, rotation. And then Christian Brown in his second year, I mean, that guy that guy was awesome in the playoffs for in his minutes. So I just think I think they are far and away the best team. Still, they have the best player. They have the you know one of the best second players in Jamal Murray, and then they have an elite six nine six ten shooter as like the third, and then they have all these role players. Yeah, I I think that you're pretty spot on there. Um, I I do think that they're very, very uh, good candidates to to have the the post-championship drawback, especially with how much it seems like uh, Jokic doesn't like to play. And so he won his championship. I could see them regressing a little bit, um, but there's nobody else really good in the division. And if yeah, I mean, they OKC were to... and Minnesota are the only two teams that can really compete in that division. I think OKC is going to be good this year. Um, I, I just, I can't. I love Anthony Edwards, but I just, I can't get behind Minnesota Timberwolves as a division winner. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna channel my inner uh, Kevin O'Connell or Connor. And, uh, and say that Oklahoma City is a year away from being a year away. And that's that's a different – I'm channeling somebody else there. 
But if Minnesota can't win the division this year, they have to blow it up. They they have to build. They got to get rid of Cat and build around Anthony Edwards because it's just not going to happen with the current core as it is. And you know, Portland, the most confusing roster in all of in all of the NBA right now. I'm currently looking at it, and uh, let me just list the heights as currently listed. They uh, are zigging when the rest of the league is zagging. They currently have uh, six centers on the roster. Uh, Aiton, Baju, Moses Brown, uh, George Condit. Some of these guys obviously aren't going to make the roster. But all the way down to uh, Robert Williams, 6'10", 7 feet, 7 foot 1, 7 foot 2, 7 foot so uh, maybe they're zigging when the rest of the league is zagging and they're just going to get super long and build around that great guard core that they have. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, just get just get big. Get bigger. Get bigger. All right, let's move on to the Pacific because this is obviously one of the more challenging divisions in all of the NBA. Yeah, Golden State, Phoenix, Clippers, Lakers, Kings. Kings were obviously su- successful last year. They had the clutch player in the year last year in De'Aaron Fox. They got Zabonis. But I think there's one team that is by far the deepest team in this division. And I hate saying this, but it's the Lakers. And I am picking them with, you know, obviously, hopefully, you know, hopefully they keep health throughout the year. If they have, if they're healthy enough throughout the year, I think they take this division. And I think they are a serious contender with how, you know, deep their roster is. Yeah. I was. I was going through the rosters and how did they get Christian Wood? How did we let them get Christian Wood? I love him as a player. He he just gets rebounds, shoots well. He he's not the greatest defender, but he's not a minus defender. He's not a sieve. Uh he, he's exactly the type of player that we want and that we got in Porzingis, but I'd love to have two of them, just super long guys. Um it's a super hard division to call, like you said. I'm just going to go chalk and go with the Golden State Warriors. I do think that they got better. I mean, you can't add a potential Hall of Famer um, in Chris Paul, even at the tail end of his career. They added Rudy Gay. They added Trace Jackson Davis, who I think is going to be great off the bench. And everything that I'm hearing is that Jonathan Kuminga has made the jump and is ready to be an all-star this year. Um, and take over. Is that for, a good preseason? And he's going to take over for Draymond. So we'll see. I, and I mean, they even go so deep as to being able to add Dario Saric, and it's, that guy's going to be like the eighth guy off from their bench, and that's depth to me. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, they're obviously a good pick. All right, let's move on to the Southwest. So this is maybe the worst division, or one of the worst divisions in the NBA. The Houston Rockets, Memphis Grizzlies, who are obviously going to be without John Morant. Maddie, uh, Maddie, I think that we need to. I think we do need to rewind a little bit because both of us didn't pick, and I think we need to talk about it. Why we didn't pick the Phoenix Suns? The Phoenix Suns have four legitimate All Stars right now. Oh, okay, and, yeah. Let's I, I honestly, think it's worthwhile to take to take a break here. Yeah, and you're say, probably yeah. you're probably right. Uh, I don't trust those. I, I like I I trust Devin Booker on that team more than I trust anyone on that roster. KD more because of health. Uh, I don't trust Bradley Beal. Uh, 
I think he's a really good player, but he, I mean, they've, they, they might have the worst defensive team in the NBA this year. Like they, their defense is horrendous. Like I think they're going to score a lot of buckets, but I think they have an awful defensive team. They added some shooters that had like, was it a, uh, one, that, that, uh, is it one of top, is that his name? The guy that was on Brooklyn last year that was shooting lights out. Um, 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 but you know, they added some shooters and stuff like that, but I just, I, I just can't get behind their defense. I think defense is too important to the NBA. I mean, we saw it in the playoffs last year, how, how, how important defense was. And I, I think, I mean, they're, they're obviously going to make the playoffs with that, with roster like that, but I, I don't know if they're going to make it out of like two rounds. I think that an interesting addition that you didn't even mention there is Eric Gordon. How great is he going to be off the bench for them too? I mean, that guy, yeah, yeah. that guy can just score. And if he doesn't have to play big minutes, he was a six man of the year with Harden a lot of those years in Houston. But it's so interesting that neither of us picked that roster out of all of them. And I mean, there, the Lakers are great. The Clippers are great. Phoenix and Sacramento, it's an absolute Iron Man competition there. There's young teams, there's old teams with superstars. And I'll be honest, I love Booker. I think he's a great player, but he only can exist inside of a vacuum. I think he is one of the most overrated superstars in the NBA in that he doesn't play defense. He scores in a way that is really, really see-through and tends to disappear sometimes. Uh, he, he was pretty fantastic in the playoffs last year, though. He was, he yeah. Was, I mean, he, for the first round, he was arguably the best player in the playoffs. I just think he's soft sometimes. And we'll see what it's like when he has to play on the ball a little bit more often without Chris Paul. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they've been worked off the floor two years in a row in the playoffs. So I just don't trust Phoenix. I don't trust a lot. I don't trust their defense. And I think defense is important. Um, so that's my that's my reasoning. All right, let's move on to the Southwest now. So Houston, Memphis, San Antonio, Dallas, Pelicans. This is a shit show of a division. I mean, you get a young team like the, the Wemby Spurs, you know, John Morant less Memphis Grizzlies, but they have our guy Marcus Smart now. Houston has a very young team, but with added a bunch of veterans like Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks, who I mean is probably gonna be suspended you know, every like 10 games uh, for nut punching someone. And then Zion and the Pelicans. I, I can't, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm done with the Zion experience. Like I hope he, I hope he plays and he's awesome and proves me wrong, but he just needs to get on the goddamn floor and I don't trust that Pelicans team. And then Dallas, I mean, I talk about another bad defensive team. They added Derek Lively to hopefully, you know, do summer in protection for them and rebounding because they were like the worst rebounding team in the NBA last year, I think. But, and they're, they're going to score points because they have Luka and Kyrie and stuff, but I just don't trust them, which is why, despite John Moran not being on the team, I still think Memphis is the deep deepest team in this division, and I am going to take Memphis as my team to win the division. Even with Kenny Lofton be- coming in at 300 pounds? Love Kenny Lofton, Yeah. I'm in full agreement with you. I I, I think that the addition of Smart uh, is more of a leader than Brooks was and way better of a defender 
So you get a plus leader, a plus defender, somebody to help hold Ja accountable, even though he's not going to be available. You added veteran depth with Derek Rose. So they have somebody to help steady the ship a little bit and give them buckets. They still have a lot of talent on that team. I mean, Luke Kennard, Jaron Jackson, uh, Desmond Bain. I, I'm and like just Xavier go Tillman. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, they still have a ton of talent. And, you know, Houston with with our guy at, at, at taking over as the coach i i yeah. just i just think that they're still a little bit too green um van Vliet's going to be great for them amen thompson everyone else uh th- they have a good mix of old and young i just don't think that they have the superstar yet to bring them over the edge and uh and dallas I, I can never count out Donkic, but uh, I, I just still think that that we're at the the whimsy of whether or not Kyrie wants to play or say something obscene about uh, Jewish people, and especially everything going on in Gaza. I don't think he can sit on his hands long enough right now to not say something that's going to get him canceled. Yep, yep. All right, well, let's move on from the divisions, and let's just go right into the playoffs and talk about the conference finals. So my picks, my pick for the Eastern Conference Finals is pretty chalky. I am taking the Celtics in Milwaukee, and I think it's going to be a rock fight. Um, who do you got? I, I tend to agree with you. I, I, the Conference Finals that I'd like to see is, is the 76ers and the Celtics. So just to, for the sake of, of argument – going to go with the seven. I don't think any other Eastern Conference team can get as hot as those three teams. You're not going to see the Knicks there. You're not going to see any other team get hot and really prove themselves to, to be able to get to another level and make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I don't think that there's any team that's young that can really put themselves over the edge this year. Um, Orlando just will never get there. So, and they're young and talented, but they're just never going to get there, even if they sneak into the playoffs. Yep, yep. All right, and the Western, I'm going kind of chalky as well with my division leaders, and I'm going to say Denver and Lakers. I think the Lakers are the deepest team, but I think Denver is the best team, so I will take Denver and Lakers. I'm going to go with Golden State and the Lakers, and I – I think that this is LeBron's final matchup with with Steph Curry and let let the true winner come out of there. I, I just think that LeBron doesn't get hurt. They're too deep. And Steph Curry and, and the Golden State Warriors, Kerr seems to be able to uh, just get the most out of people even at the tail end of their careers. And the fact that they're able to add Rudy Gay means a lot to me in that they're able to bring a three, four off the bench that can score 10 to 15 for them at any given moment. The guy's been able to to be around the league for a long time and score, score points. Like it. Like it. All right. And now the finals. So I obviously have to pick from those four teams that I picked and I'm going to say Denver over Milwaukee because I love the Celtics so much. 
but I just don't trust them in the playoffs. I can't do it. I can't trust them in the playoffs. Can't do it. They've they've let me down so much in the past few years with such promising teams. I know they get there. They've gotten there before, but I just I I I think I think Damon Giannis will be a little too much, and we'll talk about that more when we get to awards. But I just I just don't I I I think Milwaukee will get there, but I have Denver over Milwaukee in six games. I think Denver is going to repeat. I think they are potentially a dynasty in the making. You may be right. I think that the the greater powers behind the the NBA want to see it a Celtics over Lakers final. The Celtics finally get one over on LeBron. LeBron gets to the finals again. Um, If I had to guess, if I'm looking into my crystal ball, there's a major injury on the Lakers during that Golden State series. And they, they get themselves over for, for the final fourth win in that series. But uh, they get, they get, swept up by by the Celtics and that's a homer pick for you. Love it. Love the homer pick. All right, let's dive into a team that will win a playoff series that didn't last year. I'm going to take, you know, a team that I picked to win the Southeast Division in the Atlanta Hawks because I think the Atlanta Hawks are a good team. I think I think they just kind of had a shit show the past 2 years. Um you know, I think Quinn Snyder will get the best of Trey Young. I think he is an excellent coach, and I just, I just see them actually, you know, performing in the playoffs this year and actually winning one. They put up a pretty good fight against the Celtics, you know, in the first round this year, this past year, and you know, it took us six games to beat them, and they were kind of a disaster. But I don't really see them as a disaster team this year. I actually see them as an improved team with, you know, a year and a year under a good coach. You're missing the layup here, Maddie, and uh, it's either the Lakers or the Bucks. We had them, we had them both in the in the no. conference finals. Lakers, Lakers, Lakers went to the conference finals last year. Remember they the beat uh, they beat they beat Golden State to go to the conference finals and lost to Denver in four. Oh, you're right. You're I'm th- sorry. Bucks, We're talking the Bucks, Bucks. Is Bucks. I want. I I, I thought about the Bucks. Uh, because I obviously picked them to go to the playoffs, but I just wanted to do a more fun pick and a team that I actually do think is going to uh, perform in the playoffs this year. And I wanted to take Atlanta, but yeah, that's yeah. the obvious choice. I, I just don't, it's going to be so hard to predict on who in these bottom teams really makes their way through the series. So, so are I, you I'm picking bucks or bucks. I'm just going box chalk. Okay. All right. How about a sleeper team to make the playoffs? I'm going to take Orlando because Orlando had a very good second half of the last year. They obviously added like 17 guards to their team, which is probably not ideal. But uh, I mean, potentially getting Jonathan Isaac for a healthy season. And he, you know, when he's healthy, he looks like, you know, a true defensive weapon. And, you know, another year for Paul Bancaro and Franz Wagner, I think, I think they're a sneaky team to make the playoffs this year. You know who I'm going to go with and you don't like it. And it's against kind of some of the picks that I've made today are the Pelicans. I think that, I think that they have enough depth there and they've gotten enough out of the guys like Herb Jones. 
I still like Brandon Ingram as a player. I, I, think I like when Brandon you, Ingram a lot, actually. I think when Jose Alvarado. They they just have a lot, and I mean they they made the play in. Inter- it's so hard for me to determine which teams are playoff teams now with the with the play in tournament. Does that make you? A yeah, yeah, I know team? what you mean. Yeah, um, and I believe they made the play in tournament last year and lost, but they have a lot of good players. I think that they could still they could sneak in. I, I San Antonio. I I just don't trust that. Wemby's going to be able to stay healthy all year, and I think that's a that's a pretty chalky take too. I like it. All right, let's dive into NBA awards. So, I've picked Milwaukee to make the finals. I picked them over the Celtics, and that is because I think we're going to see Giannis Antetokounmpo get his third MVP trophy this year. I think having Dame on that team opens him up so much. He's even said he's never, like in the preseason, he's never had this much space before. I think Giannis is going, I kind of like what you're saying with Jokic a little bit. Like Jokic is, Jokic is probably still the best player in the NBA and he's going to be this year, but he won't win the MVP just because they're going to probably take a little off this year and just save for the playoffs and Giannis is going to be out to get that third MVP. I'm not even going homer pick. I think that the most value as a Celtics fan, if you want to take them to win the Eastern Conference, if you want to take them to win the title, is that this is Tatum's year. He's able to play more off the ball. He has a true point guard for the first time in years, especially since he solidified himself as a superstar. I can see him ascending and, fi- and being the first American in many, many years to win it. I think that there's voter fatigue over Giannis and Jokic. Donkic is is really a, a great pick here too. Um, but I, I'm going American to win it this year. And if it's not, Tatum, there's a dark horse that I like, and it's the the yin to your yang and Damian Lillard being able to win it this year. He's never had one. The NBA seems really invested in Dame time. And, yeah, free, uh, for freak time now, that's what they're calling it, I guess. Freak time with uh, him and Giannis. And, and I can see that the opposite end of it is that Giannis is going to open up a lot of shots for, for Dame. Um if they get the number one seed and they get a lot of wins, which both of us think they're going to do, let's see what happens. And uh, and we'll roll the dice on both of them. I think that's the safe bet. Giannis is plus 550. Dame Lillard is plus 220 right now. Or, yeah, 2,200. And uh, Tatum is plus 800. Like it. Like it. All right. How about rookie of the year? I mean, it's hard not to pick Wemby because I think the narrative of him winning is going to be so prevalent. Um, I I I did bet Chet Holmgren to win it like three months ago, <laughs> uh, but I probably just for the sake of like you know just if we're picking without odds, I mean I feel like the narrative is too strong, and if Wemby is even solid, I feel like he'll win it. Yeah, I I just have a hard time seeing with how much Pop likes to sit his superstars. Wembenyana's 
still young and he's pretty soft. If they're out of it, I can see them resting him a little bit. I think there's incredible value in Brandon Miller at plus 1600. That guy is a bucket and they tend to give it to, to the guy that scores the most points. And I just see him averaging 20 points or, or more a game this year for a really bad team. I hear you. I hear you. I, I like Brandon Miller. I liked him a lot in college, so I, I'd be excited to see that. All right, how about most improved? I think I'm I, I'm I'm in between a few players. You know, I was thinking of someone like Franz Wagner um, for this, but just based on how the end of last year went and the tra- how this trade happened with his and then his ascendance after, I think the safest pick is actually Mikhail Bridges, um, yeah. because he is just. He, he turned into a bucket as soon as he was traded. Like he obviously when Devin Booker was out last year was, was scoring a lot, but I don't think people are going to hold that like surge at the end of the year against him. I think if he even averages like around the same or even less, he could still win it just by doing it like throughout a whole season. So that's my, yeah. Pick. Yeah. And, and you get incredible odds there too. If you're going to gamble it, it's plus 800 right now. And he has the best odds out of anyone. So it kind of shows that the, that the NBA and the bookmakers really have no idea who, who it's going to be. There are a couple names out there that we've talked about already. Uh, Kaminga who's looked great in the preseason. And if he can ascend and help that team quite a bit, if you're a Homer, like I am, I think that, Pritchard plus four thousand is a wild and a long shot pick. Yeah, throw five dollars on that. <laughs> throw five dollars on that because if he's going to be the scoring punch off the bench, then why not? Why couldn't he be that guy? Because he could be yeah. in if six he, if man was, of the if year. If he was running. six man of the year, yeah. Um, I think that the two picks that I most like on the board though are Keegan Murray plus three thousand. If you think that Sacramento is as good as they they have been. Keegan Murray is very good. He scores a lot of points, and I can see him really ascending in his second year. And Walker Kessler, who I love, I can see him being in in the conversation for defensive player of the year. And Utah's not going to be great, and maybe they let him score a little bit more. Maybe he makes an all-star team or something like that and and a really long shot. But plus 2,500 is – pretty good to sprinkle some a little bit of cash on him i like it so how, how about we go to six man of the year then um so obviously we're talking about peyton pritchard and stuff like that there's a lot of good six men in the league you know so i've i see i saw one site that said Derek uh white i just i think Derek white's gonna start most games so i Me really, too. yeah <laughs> i don't really see that as a possible possibility but He's i'm gonna go with the runner i'm gonna go with the runner up last year and take Emmanuel quickly for the Knicks because I think the Knicks need more more out of their bench. And you know he obviously was great at this in the second half of last year and got. And the thing is, he's he like he gets starts once in a while, which boosts his points. So I think he's a great choice for that because you get those extra boosted points. Yeah, and and the same thing happened with Brogdon last year, and I think that quickly probably should have won it last year, but he didn't. I think that voters got a little bit confused based on how many starts he he did accrue. I think the same thing that you do about Derek White down the line. I don't. <laughs> Chris Paul plus two thousand is a wild pick. 
but it kind of interests me. I think he's going to start a lot of the games. And and Rui at plus 2,000, I think Rui's he's going to start a lot. I actually I, like that bet a lot. That's a good one. But I think even more so, if you think the Lakers are going to be good, bet Christian Wood at plus 3,000 because he's not going to start a lot of those games unless Anthony Davis gets hurt. And when Anthony Davis is is taking rest games, Christian Wood's going to get those starts in his steed. But they're not going to start Wood with Davis ever. They're just not going to add that length. And so they're going to have LeBron play four or Rui start and play four. And at plus 3,000, that would be my pick there. Like it, like it. All right, how about Defensive Player of the Year? I'm going to go with a guy who is shockingly hasn't won one even despite Despite maybe being, you know, a top three defender in the league. And I'm going to go with Bam. I think Bam is due. I think the, there's a lot of narrative around it. The fact that he hasn't won one. And, you know, like Spolster has said it like in, in the offseason. Pat Riley's talked about it in the offseason. I think there's going to be a strong narrative for Bam to actually win it. So I'm just going to go with the narrative. Uh, and like, because there's a lot of politics to these awards. And I, I feel like he could win it. I'm going to go with the guy that that you picked for most improved player and Mikhail Bridges. I think that Ooh, he's another great. another young another small guy. I think that him playing the 3, he has to play against a lot of these all-stars and I can see him putting up some really good games and a, and building a really good resume against a lot of these guys and winning it um in a similar way that that Kawhi should have. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I like it. All right. Now, how about Clutch Player of the Year? So, (laughs) I know you are high on Golden State, but I actually think Golden State's going to be more towards, like, that 4-5 seed in the West. I really do. And because of that, I see them in a lot of close games. So, why not take someone that is super clutch and just take someone like Steph? to win the clutch play of the year. Cause like De'Aaron Fox won it last year because they were in a lot of close games and they were, they weren't, you know, like one of the top two seeds really. So like they're, they're, they're you, like you have to pick it. You have to kind of pick a team and a player that's kind of be kind of more towards the middle, towards the bottom. Uh, but like in the playoff seed. So I'm going to go with Steph. This is probably the most fun award that you can bet on. And so uh, the, the, Best odds right now are Luca, De'Aaron Fox, Dame Lillard, Shea, at all plus twelve hundred. And so, how do you not take Luca at plus twelve hundred there? Because the Mavs tend to play in games that are far too close, and I feel like Luca just loves the moment too much. Um, That's a good one. That's a good pick. Yeah, there are people that don't believe in clutch players. And then there are people that have watched Luka Doncic and David Ortiz play sports. And you're like, that guy just has something different. And yeah, yeah. The, I, I'm going to go with Luka there. Nice. I like it. All right. So how about Coach of the Era? Mine is kind of going with the narrative I've pa- kind of painted all along in the fact that I think Atlanta is going to be good. And I think it's because they have Quinn Snyder at the helm. And I think Quince, I think Atlanta is going to be a top three, four seed in the East, you know, top eight in the entire, you know, NBA. And I think Quinn Snyder is going to win this award. 
turning around that team and actually getting them to win a playoff game again. Um, I'm just going to go with the, the narrative that the Lakers are good. Going Darvin Ham. All right, I like it. Sounds good. Okay, I think that wraps up the NBA preview a little bit. So we're just going to touch briefly on college and NFL before we can get out of here. But uh, so just going back to last week in college, uh, Notre Dame kills USC. Uh, UNC beats Miami with three Tez Walker touchdowns for May. Washington gets the go-ahead score versus Oregon to win. Um, Iowa, Iowa's Wisconsin, if you will. And Colorado blows a 29-point lead at the half to Stanford. So I got to ask you, Tyler, because I've been asking you every week, who are your top four, and who do you who do you have looking outside right now? I think that it's got to be Florida State. You got to have Washington. You got to have Georgia, and you got to have one of the big Big Ten teams. And right now, I'm saying it's Michigan. I think I have, JJ, I have the same four. And and you know I've left Florida State off from there for a while, but. Uh, Washington's got to be in the mix now. That that win was very impressive. They gutted out a win. Uh, Penix really just signed his name in gold as the Heisman winner this year, especially with yep. Caleb Williams laying an egg. Um, if you took it last week, you were getting plus five, 500, plus 400 before that game. And my guess is you're looking at negative money now, and they're going to give it to, to Penix. Yep. All right. Who I this is who I have as the outside looking in. I have Ohio State, Oklahoma, Penn State, <coughs> sorry, and UNC. And I'm gonna actually keep Oregon in there because they could potentially still win the big uh, the Pac-12. Yeah, and I think that Texas. Oh, Texas, Texas. I forgot. To, I, I have Texas on the, on here on here too. Yeah, Texas. If Texas, if Texas beats Oklahoma, I can see them getting back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I forgot about Texas for, for the loss. The one loss teams I have, I have Oregon and Texas says looking in. And I think that you're going to have more than one one loss team get in. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, that will we've seen the Pac-12 devour itself before. You know, the Big Ten. You know, we have three teams undefeated right now with Ohio State, Michigan and Penn State at the, t- the you know that are actually look like, you know, the top teams. So And they're all going to play each other. And UNC soon. has a tough schedule left. I mean, they they got Duke, Clemson and you know if if they have to play Florida State in the thing like I don't see them, you know, I, you know, I, I I don't see them being an undefeated team <laughs> going into the uh ACC Championship. Yeah, and the only way that Florida State makes it is if they're undefeated. Yes, I agree. They've played too many close games. They obviously have a lot of good wins, but I don't see I don't see an ACC team with one loss making it over a one loss like Big Twelve team, uh, Big Ten team. No, and and I think that the Big Twelve the Big Twelve teams, if if Oklahoma goes undefeated and beats Texas again, then they are one hundred percent in. And oh yes, Texas absolutely. Beats yeah. It goes undefeated the rest of the season and beats Oklahoma. I think they're in. Yeah, I, w- I would, I would think, I would think so too. All right, so this week's uh, set, there's not very many. There's not that many good games aside from Penn State, Ohio State, which is obviously the game of the day. Then there's Tennessee, Alabama, Utah, USC, and FSU, Duke. That's pretty much the only good games I saw on the schedule, so it's going to be a pretty weak day. I actually have a work event like halfway through the Penn State-Ohio State game, so I am 
very bummed about that. All right, let's move on to the NFL. And we're not going to do the recap like we normally do because it was just a lot of bad football this week. I mean, I think Miami was like one of the only teams that played well this week. Uh, it's just, just a lot of bad football in general. Um, Jags, you know, had, had a nice win, but um, I mean, we had two undefeated teams lose in Philly and San Francisco. Cleveland's defense just dominated that game. They're uh, maniacs on D or San Francisco and our guy um, Brock Purdy fell to earth. And then Philly, I mean, that was just, that's just a bad loss. That, they, they can't lose like that. Uh, J- Jalen Hurts was bad in that game. Yeah. I think that a lot of the good teams had a fall back to earth, but that happens in the NFL quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, in my opinion, the two best QBs in the league so far this year have been Tua and Jared Goff. I, I don't see anyone at their level. Like Mahomes hasn't been as good as either of them. Uh, I don't no. I, like Brock Purdy ha- now has had this shit game. Um, you know, I don't see anyone playing as well as them because even Goff Goff's one loss was, was Seattle. Right. And we're uh, Goff for MVP guys, aren't we? I, I dude, Goff is a top five QB right now. That's, I, I am. I, so I, I, I was talking to some guys from the overstater and I was like, I was like the only person I saw before the year saying Jared Goff is the top 10 QB was Dan Orlovsky. And he is 100% right. Yeah, I I 100% agree. I, I think he's great, and I've sung his praises on this podcast and in our group chats for a little bit. The guy just does exactly what's asked of him. And How I many top people, five offenses has he led now? Like four? And, <laughs> Between and like just, the Rams and Detroit? People forget he made a Super Bowl. He was a number one overall pick, and yeah. he got traded – Uh, because they felt like they were losing because of him. And the Rams made the right choice. They ended up winning a Super Bowl without him. You know, you can't take that Super Bowl away from them, but you can't tell me that they're not regretting having him right now when Stafford's at the tail end of his career. Yeah, and I think Stafford's been really solid this year. So, all right, let's get into plus sign hunting. That is our little game we've been playing all year. So I have nine points. John has 12 points. And how many points did you win last week, Tyler? I don't remember what my lock of the week is. I'd have to go back, but I know that I got two right last week. Uh, I got the Commanders plus two and a half. Commanders was your lock, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I thought so too. And uh, Houston plus All right, so you got three points. Yep. So that brings you to 14 points in the lead still. So, yeah, you are still in the lead. And I got to make up some ground here. Of course, John sent me his picks, and we have some like picks, which is not good for me. Um, but I'm going to go um, – hold on. Where is it? Okay. I'm going to go Detroit plus three at Baltimore, Arizona plus seven and a half versus Seattle, and Miami plus two and a half at Philly as my lock. And then John is Jags plus 1.5 at Saints. I think that's Thursday Night Football, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lions plus three at Ravens. That's his lock. And then Miami plus 2.5 at Philly. What do you got? So my lock of the week is going to be Indy plus three against Cleveland. I think Cleveland comes down to earth, and Indy's been really a punky team. Gardner Minshew tends to keep games very close. Um, Except I last have to- week. 
Yeah, I think that <laughs> our our pod of the pod pick of the week has to be Detroit plus three at Baltimore. We're all big on on Detroit, but that line honestly scares me when I see it. Detroit. Yeah, I know. It's like they know Vegas knows something we don't. Yeah, and Lamar played pretty well last week. So what's happening there? And and you know, I had some of the same picks as you guys on my short list. I had Miami plus two and a half at Philly. I had Atlanta plus two and a half at Tampa Bay. But uh, I, I almost had that too. The pick that I like is Denver plus one at Green Bay. I think Green Bay is doo doo and Denver is bad but kind of uh, plucky they they their yeah, defense yeah. is great I know what you mean. Russ tends to to make a real mess out of games and you know I hate Gr- Russell. Green Bay has looked horrible since their and, week 1 win and Russell Wilson has has not been bad this year. He's not been great. Yeah, he had a bad game last week versus KC, but other than that, like he's been pretty solid. As a fantasy, as a fantasy football player, you should consider having Russell Wilson on your team this year. He's still available in almost every league I play in because of how bad he was last year, and he's not that bad this year. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So, who's your lock? My lock is going to be Indy plus three at okay, Cleveland, okay, or, or versus Cleveland. It's not they're at home against Cleveland. They're home dogs by three points. All right, well that wraps up plus sign hunting, and I just want to like before we get to the silly breakfast, I just want to say I just have to say it. The Pats suck. <laughs> the Pats are awful. <laughs> Mac Jones is terrible. The whole team sucks. Everything sucks. I I don't even want to talk about it really. I just have to say it. Are we going to give uh, Caleb Williams equity when we draft him number one overall? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Robert Kraft might after watching Mac Jones in this offense. So I'm honestly, and I've said it on the podcast before, I think Caleb Williams is a little bit overrated. I don't like the way that he plays. I think that he plays a little bit, and, and I sound really right right now after how he looked against against. Uh, yeah, a lot of Notre people were Dame. dunking on him after that game, but I, I honestly, I give me Drake May too. I, I I would love Drake May. He's 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 like Justin Herbert asking at times, but you know, maybe even a smarter player. <laughs> yeah, I'm still big on Drew Alar. He just dunked on us and uh, put up 63 against the UMass Minutemen by throwing five five yard throws. Yeah, he can't throw the I, ball I, over five yards apparently. So. Yeah, but hey, I mean that's all you need to do to win. I mean that's the thing, right but now. the problem is, is Drew Alar is essentially Mac Jones in college, except Mac Jones had Devonta Smith. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just I'm big on on him. We'll see what happens though. I, I still think that there are better college quarterbacks than Caleb Williams and. I think Drake May might might actually contend for that first pick. I, I think if USC struggles the rest of the year and he struggles a little more, I think Drake, I think people are going to fall in love with Drake May as he finishes this year because he has arguably been as good as anyone not named like Michael Penix this year for college. You know, I hate all these uh, prognosticators that look out there and they make all these picks about the NFL draft and they put people like Michael Penix and Bo Nix in the first round of the draft. And if you watch uh, that yeah. Washington-Oregon game, neither of those guys are pro prospects. 
somebody is going to make a mistake and draft one of those guys. I think I think Panix could actually I think Panix could play in the NFL. I don't know. I see him as like a you know day two type pick, uh, like a you know third rounder. That's I was listening to uh, Nate Tice on Athletic Football Show, and he kind of has him in like that third fourth round right now. And I think that sounds about right for him. Yeah, he's super talented, but his knees. I know, but like, say, like if he fell to the Patriots in like third or fourth round, and we didn't get one of the top QBs, would you take him? Because I would. Oh, one hundred percent, I'd take him there. But where they have him projected in the top ten, no way. Yeah, and I love Pettix. He's he's one of my favorite players to watch in college, if not my favorite. That isn't Drake May. So we were we were just talking actually earlier in the pod about uh, Jared Goff. Think about his backup right now and the guy that that's chasing his tail, Hendon Hooker, who's awesome as well. Yeah. Detroit just keeps winning right now, and I don't know why. I, I good for them. They deserve it. What that that's a that's a franchise that's been beaten down quite a bit. They it's got him in like the fourth round, right? Yeah, I, I I he didn't go very high, I don't think. But uh, I mean it's worth that's that's worth a gamble as your backup, especially when you have a guy like Goff playing yeah. at a high level. Um, that's that's an easy gamble. All right, let's move into Silly Breakfast. And Tyler came up with this one. It's essentially, what would you, if you could like pick a team to go to kind of based on like, you know, what jersey you really want to wear, which one would you pick? Like, so for college, like mine's obvious. Tyler Tyler said it before the pod. And I'm going to pick UNC every time because I love UNC and I love their color scheme. I have m- many UNC jerseys. I have UNC shirts. I have sweatshirt. I have a hat. Um, and I'm just going to take UNC for college. But if we have, if we're going to be making money and, you know, in a pros, you know, I was, I was thinking there, there's a few teams I like, but honestly, I, I love the Miami Dolphins colors. I love that like greenish, that greenish color. I think it's such a sick color. I think people look so swaggy in those like Tyree kill just looks fucking awesome in those, in that colors. Chicken chip football, though it means that you're 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 gonna play chicken chip football. What do you mean by chicken chip football? They're putting up like seventy points. Yeah, but they're they're uh, they're not pounding the the rock. They're not. Uh, they're they not they have two of the leading rushers on the same team. <laughs> they're just fast. They just play fast <laughs> football. Wait until they play in Soldier Field in nineteen eighty five against. <laughs> right, what's your? What do you got? The reason that I'm bringing this up is because I think that the light blue Philadelphia Phillies jerseys with the maroon are some of the spiciest jerseys on the planet. Those are nice. I like those too. I and saw someone I, shitting on them on Twitter the other day. I was like, those looks, those things are sick. Every one of the Phillies uniforms right now, the throwback maroons with the old school P, the, pinst- the red pinstripes that they have, all of the Phillies uniforms are just excellent i like it i like it all right i think that about wraps up silly breakfast we made it to about an hour with just the two of us so we did a good job i guess all right we will talk to you next week love you love you miss you john dalton miss you john